Hey, Pond family, welcome back to another episode of the Pond Leaders Podcast. I'm back from vacation and so excited to be releasing this podcast with my good friend, mastermind family member, Melanie Keefe, who's a third generation Pond broker and such an incredible operator. I went out there uh, this year to go see her, see her operation and, and such great ideas, such an incredible business. And of course, she's third generation, so she's made a lot of changes within the company itself, learning from her past, learning from uh, the people on the, in the mastermind, and she gives such great information on the podcast today. Before we do that, I was on a call today with the managers group that I, that I coach, and one of the guys, we're talking about wins, and he said, you know what, uh, I want to talk about a win that we had this week in the company, and I said, well, what's that? He said, we had 700 reviews. And all of our jaws just dropped. And we asked, well, how did you get 700 reviews? And he says, I'm using Podium. And of course, Podium is a sponsor of the podcast. And they're a great company, which not only allows you to get more reviews, but allows you to connect with your clients online by texting them and by chatting with them on, the, on your website. So check out podium.com slash pawnleaders to get a discount so that you can also get reviews. And one thing that we spoke about today was when you're hiring people, the more reviews you have, the better staff you're going to get because they know that you're a great company, you're a company with an integrity, and that people care about coming into your shop. So here's my podcast with my good friend, Mastermind member, Melanie Keefe from Parker Pond. Hey everyone, my name is Igaladado and this is the Pond Leaders Podcast, a podcast to help you make more money, stress less, and live an epic life, all while working at the pawn shop. Melanie, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. No, my pleasure. I know that I've been wanting to get you on for a while, and finally uh, we made it happen, so I'm excited to have you on. And I'm excited to be here. So um, let the listeners know, first of all, where you're from, and then uh, the interest rate and kind of the hold period, and then we'll get into the history of Parker Pond. Okay, so I'm in Fayetteville, North Carolina, um, on the East Coast, and our interest rate is 22%, so it's a 20% um, storage fee and a 2% interest. The whole period, it's, is a, it's a 90-day loan, so it's a 30-day loan with two 30-day extensions, equaling 90 days, and then a seven-day hold on buys. Awesome, great. So. Parker Pond and Jewelry has been open since 1955, correct? It has. And so it was opened by who? Tell us. It was opened by my, my paternal grandparents, and it actually opened under the incorporation name of Parker House of Music. And it was a record store, music store back in the day. Nice. So when I went to your store, I saw pictures up on the wall, and it was incredible to see how um, your grandparents essentially started from a music shop, right? And then when did it become a pawn shop? What happened that... Your grandfather said, hey, well, let's turn this into a pawn shop. You know, the story as I know it is that the record business obviously was starting to go out and the world was changing, like, I guess, like it changes all the time. And um, they started looking at other ways to make money. And loans was a way to do that. Um, and my dad had come into the business as a second generation at that point and changed it over at that point um, to a partial loan store and then eventually um, in the late sixties, early seventies, a full pawn. Nice. Nice. So when I was there at your store, um, I saw pictures of your father and I was like, wait a second, he, like super familiar. So what's your dad's name and tell us a little bit about, um, 
you know, he served on like the MPA and he was very, very into supporting the, the pawn community, correct? Yes, absolutely. So my dad is Ron Solomon um, and he served on the NPA board, as he says, when they used to pass the hat around. When, you know, when, when there weren't foundations and um, scholarships to do things as we have today on the NPA um, and, and really just kind of got involved um, and, you know, networked and did things um, years and years and years, mostly in the 80s and 90s. Awesome. So tell us kind of how you started. Did you start working as a young girl in the pawn shop? Like, how did you get your start working at the pawn shop? You know, it's an interesting story because I didn't. I mean, obviously, yes, I'd go to work with dad on Saturdays or go and play in the warehouse or in the layaway area. Um, but I'm really kind of the the kid that said, um, you know, I, I don't want to be in the family business. I don't, you know, I've never really worked it. I didn't do it. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm going to go out on my own. And I went to school and got a child psychology degree and thought I was going to make millions and put the world on fire. Um, and you know, a little bit of a reality check, which is good. It's always good to work for other people before you come work for your family. Um, and, um, in the mid nineties, my dad was restructuring the company a little bit and doing some things and said, Hey, I want you to, why don't you come work with me? And I said, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is going to work, dad. I love you. We're very close, but I don't think you can, I can work together. And he said, well, I don't want you to live with me. I just want you to come work with me. And, um, so I came home for a couple of months on the weekends and tried it out and, you know, I loved it. it it's hard not to love. I'm a people person. Um, and I love the interaction with the customers and, and the helping. So, um, moved here in the mid nineties, um, and ha- haven't left, haven't looked back. Nice. So what was that like? I want to talk on this podcast about how, you know, a pawn shop is handed down from generation to generation. Obviously, your father was a second generation pawnbroker, um, and then you're a third generation pawnbroker. So, what was that like? The transition from your father to you. Um, what was the hardship? What was the the great parts about that? Please let us know. You know, um, I mean, they write books about family business. Yeah. Um, it's it's it's. It's had more good days than bad days. Um, it's it's been an interesting um, thing to be the baby of the family one, and to be a girl. I think working with a dad um, was was insightful for me. Um, I had a hard time coming in being a girl and being the baby of being able to talk business and kind of get angry with each other and then say, okay, well, where are we going for dinner? Um, and, you know, and there, there there's a lot to be said for that. One once I graduated that and was able to kind of put the two apart. Um, it was helpful. Um, but where did I fit into the legacy? You know, I was coming in, I, um, had a brother in the business at that point. Um, and where did I fit in? Because I didn't grow up working the business, um, and finding my legacy in it. Um, the transition has been, you know, I won't say, uh, uh, it, 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 it's been uneventful, um, in most cases. That's a good um, thing, right? It, it is. It has been. Um, we, my dad and I worked side by side for years. So, you know, of course there's the years of me learning the business and then, okay, I've got this, but I don't know this aspect or this hasn't happened. Um, and then, okay, well now I'm, I'm not going to be here every day as my dad would say now doing it. Um, and then realizing, um, okay, I've got this, but there's a safety net behind me. And then the transition from, oh gosh, there's no safety net. And, and you know and you're on your own um and my dad's still a little involved um he consults with us um and is involved in some of the daily numbers and things um but is is not you know a 
a vivid part of the everyday life here. Right. So. so what were some of the changes, I guess, you made when, when it was handed over to you, when your father said, hey, this is your baby, run with it. What, what were some of the changes that you made um, to either not bring it up to date, but just to be able to help you run the business smoother? You know, I, um, I'm probably more of a risk taker um, than my father. And I think some of that's generational and just where I came from and kind of how I went through my schooling. Um, you know, there's not a pawn manual <laughs> to learn. Um, you should write that. You should write that. <laughs> okay. So some of my changes were, were some of the consistency um, that I made coming in um, early on was, um, you know, we were using whatever logo Google had, you know, with the pawn balls or a diamond and it was, you know, Parker pawn shops. And um, so I um, changed the new DBA to Parker pawn and jewelry just to sound a little bit more professional. Um, you know, we run it pretty family oriented with a little dose of corporate um, so we changed the branding, really the, the marketing part of it, you know, social media was coming out. I wasn't big in social media. My dad didn't want anything to do with it. Probably today would still tell you he doesn't want anything to do with it. Um, but it's the way the world's going. So we changed the logo. Um, and he was, um, he was very on board with that. Um, I, you know, I, I think he would tell you that that's a definite, it needed to be done. And once it was done, it looked great. Um, kind of brought just the bringing the stores up from looking like a 1980s, 90s pawn shop into, you know, the 2000s. It was a different world. Um, the big corporate giants were, you know, showing up everywhere and they were open in bright lighted stores and, you know, big shiny signs. And, you know, we, we still had black velvet jewelry showcasing and things like that. So I think just changing a little bit of the paint and the color and the lights and, you know, not allowing our guys to, we're not in the gun business, but not allowing our guys to carry, um, to give it that more professional look, um, getting a website, going e-commerce, you know, just all of, the, I think all the things that to the, the mid 2010 to 2018 have brought us um, and taught us about, you know, doing new things and having to, it, it used to be where being a pawnbroker was easy. It was easy money. It just, you open the doors and you said, can I help you? And it came through the door. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not that way today. Um, it, it's not. There people have access to credit they didn't have access to. They have access to um, pricing that they didn't have access to back then. Um, you know, with Amazon, I mean, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a local um, business girl um, because I'm in a town with a local business. But it's hard not to get on Amazon and have it here tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so I think just, just kind of getting into the world of, of the Amazons and the Googles, um, and being able to, being able to grow your company while that's growing outside. Awesome. So I, I took us to, I took a tour of your three shops and you have that mega store, which is beautiful that you guys built out. Um, super nice. If you're ever in Fayetteville, go check it out. So my, but my question to you is this, I know there's a lot of pawnbrokers listening who have their kids working next to them or that they want their kids to, to take over. What tips would you give them to smoothen the path of handing the pawn shop over to, to the next generation? I mean, you went through it, right? You worked side by side with your dad, and at some point it was handed over to you. What kind of tips would you give the pawnbroker who's listening, whose kid is working in the shop, who wants to be a pawnbroker? Um, yeah, share with us. What, what, would, what do they need to do to make it smoother and easier? You know, um, so my first tip, I think, would be to be able to, the family to learn to turn it off, you know, to not sit through Passover and Thanksgiving dinner and 
talk about what the loan balance is because oh, man, that's, that's what we that's do. Tough. That's so tough. don't do as we do, do as we say. Um, and, and, you know, there is no, quote, off season with a family business. I don't think any family business. So taking that time where, we, where you don't talk about it. And we're not good at that, um, but that's who we are and, and what we've done. Um, you know, my dad was amazing at putting me beside him and teaching me. He took me to, you know, every, we were out in the community and this is my daughter and this is this, call her. And you know, kind of that transition of going over and as, as wonderful if it, as it was, it was still like, oh gosh, wait, I'm out here by myself when, it, when, when, when he was not coming to work on a daily basis. Um, but really working hand in hand for many years, side by side. I mean, I, I can remember stories of we would be ready to sell a ring or to loan on a ring and somebody would bring it back to our office and say, well, what, you know, the customer wants this for it. And my dad would literally take a piece of paper and cover it with his hand and write a price. And then he'd be like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, well, you just wrote the price. Like, what do you mean? What do I think? Okay, well, let me write my price. And so we still do that today. And I now lead that way as I do that because he was teaching. He wanted to see where my head was versus where his head was. And most of the time we were right on the money. If not, we were a little further away. Then we would discuss, well, why do you think that? Oh, well, okay. And we decide who, who was right at that point. Do you think it's, it's uh, safe to say that your father, you know, he trusted you and that way the, that's why the transition was smooth as opposed to, I've heard stories, you know, I, I get phone calls from people where they say, you know, they're not, let, they're not letting me make any decisions. Um, my father doesn't want to hand anything over to me. doesn't want to spend on this. Doesn't want to do this. Was there some trust there or was it, you had to earn the trust. And once you know, he saw that, both. it was easier. Yeah, I think both. I mean, obviously you had to earn the trust and, you know, putting in many hours and many years of earning the trust. Um, as the baby and as a girl, um, I have a huge respect for my father. Just I'm a daddy's girl. Uh, I'll admit that. I'm still in my late forties. Um, but but after earning the trust, I think he did. I think he trusted me. I think if you asked him today, I think he would say, oh, yeah, absolutely. She's got this. Um, but he still sometimes will go side by side with me, and I'll have to stand up and say, wait, nope, um, we're going to do it this way. And he'll back down. It's, it's, a, it's an easy back. But, um, you know, and, and, and as the girl and as a family business, um, I think we both play the game of you win some and you lose some. You know, how passionate are you? <laughs> When you come to the table and, you know, if you're real passionate about it and I'm not that passionate about it, okay, I'll back down. Um, you know, but when it comes to hardcore business, I think, you know, we, we make, I think he, he sees that we make the, the same decisions. Hey, Pond family. I want to take a moment to talk to you about the Pond Leaders Masterclass. The Masterclass is a course where I share with you all of the knowledge I have about creating a multi-million dollar pawn operation where I teach you leadership we walk through marketing, we walk through strategy in order to grow your pawn operation, your loan balance, your sales, and even to create an incredible culture. I'm holding one this May and there's only 20 spots. I don't hold it all the time. So if you want to jump into the masterclass, go to pawnleadersmasterclass.com, secure your spot, and it's a course that I guarantee. If you don't believe that you got the value of what you paid for it, and if not, two times more, I'll give you your money back right away. No questions asked. Go to pawnleadersmasterclass.com if you want to grow your pawn balance without giving up your life balance today. Pawnleadersmasterclass.com. Uh, when I went to go see your stores, obviously you can tell that you're making all the decisions based on you know marketing and culture and changing kind of the face of the pawn industry. You got three shops. How many? How many? 
How many people on staff? We've got 36 people employed. 36 people employed. Awesome. And um, you're doing some incredible stuff on social media. Like if you're not following uh, Parker Pond, go ahead and follow them. They do some awesome stuff on Instagram and awesome stuff on Facebook. And I'm, I'm super proud of you for doing it. That's for sure. Um, thank you. What's, I'm what's to learn been the as hard- we go. <laughs> what was that? I said, thank you. I'm having to learn as we go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, it's okay though. So what's been, what's been kind of, you know, the hardest part of, of growing uh, in 2018, 2019, what's been the hardest thing for you as a CEO of Parker Pond? And what's been something that you've seen so much return from that you would, you know, really let everybody else know to just do the same? Um, you know, I'm going to start with the return. The, the return is um, believe in your people. Believe in your people. Um, ask them for ideas. Um, we spend a lot of time because of the quote family business is asking our employees opinions. And sometimes we get, um, bad looks for doing that, but, um, you know, they've got great ideas. They've got great sales ideas. Um, we've started some of the social media and, um, having our employees do the Facebook lives. They want to be part of it. They're scared just like we are, and they don't know what they're doing just like we do. But, um, but to have trust in them, um, another one would be you use social media learn it, figure it out, lean on whoever to figure it out. Um, we've, we've done a lot of Google and Facebook and Instagram. Um, and that's really helped in the last couple of years for us. Um, the thing that I've learned the most from, from growing is the question, um, consistency. I I think that's, that's my answer. Um, keeping the consistency and the clarity in the company. Um, we did it for years and years. And then I think you don't follow through with it and you don't implement some things and then it gets to be put on autopilot and autopilot's not good. Um, and then you have to go back and it's almost like starting from scratch. Um, and so that's what we've really kind of worked on for the last couple of years is we grew as a company and then you kind of get stagnant and then we grew outside as a company we built built bigger stores and we built more stores and we did and for the last year and a half we've kind of tried to grow from within um and and grow what we've got um and that's been going back to that consistency and going back to that culture and 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 what's important to to the family you know what's awesome is you know um we interviewed sam reed he was on the podcast uh, Stan Lukowitz is going to be on the podcast and, and you're also a mastermind member and you all said the same thing, consistency. And, and it's so funny because I think that's the number one thing that's lacking uh, kind of in, in pond culture is being consistent. You know, if you're, if you're going to do something, do it consistently and that way you create safety for your employees, for yourself, and you can see if there's ROI or not by doing it consistently. If you're just kind of shooting darts everywhere, you're not going to get the return that you expect. Right. Awesome. So give us kind of um, what's the future hold for, for Parker Pond? Where, where is this, what are you working on now? Where is it going? Um, what are your goals for 2019? You know, our goals for 2019 are really just to push the revenue huge. Um, and we're trying lots of things to do that. Um, we've got a few things up our sleeve. Um, pushing our loan balance. Um, I mean, we sell money. Some, some brilliant man taught me that one day and, um, you know, really kind of getting out into that community. We're embedded in the community just because of being th- three generations in this town. Um, 
but really getting kind of back out into the community and doing things um, hand in hand. Um, and we're starting to see that payoff. That's quick payoff, um, which has been interesting for me. Um, you know, I think for, for my future, um, growing it, I'd like to grow from within for 2019 and then look at something new in 2020 or late 2019. Um, I'd like to have more. Um, you know, it's never good enough. It's never done. It's never 100%. Um, that's one thing my dad did teach me. It always be better. There's always something to clean. There's always something to do. Um, but also being okay with failing, you know, being, being okay with making the wrong decision and backing up and going, okay, let's not do that again. Let's try this. Let's take a left. Um, and, and, and I think just taking those risks to, to do new things. I love the fact that you said that you're a risk taker. I agree. Like when we're, when we're in the mastermind calls and <clears throat> it's an honor having you in these calls, it's, it's so much fun because uh, you were the first female in the mastermind. And so you, you came in, you gave us a, uh, a different perspective on stuff. But anytime that we talk about stuff or an idea comes up, you come out and like within two or three days, you try it, you, you give it a go. And so I think that's so important and, and so um, commendable that I just want to say one, thank you for doing that because it teaches all of us that you just got to take risks and you got to try it and see what works and what doesn't. And that's the way this game is played. So kudos well, to you, Melanie. Well, thank you. Yeah. And that's one of my 2019 goals is that not, don't be afraid to fail. Don't, don't be afraid. Um, you know, I, I have the, the old story of burn the boat. And so you look behind you and the boat's burning, but you know, you got to walk the plank and the plank's got sharks underneath it. And what are you going to do? I mean, you can't turn back. So I'll, I'll try anything once. Um, and if it doesn't work, then don't, don't do it again. Um, and then, you know, and hope, hope it works. And we've tried some things and some things have worked and some things haven't worked. And, um, but all in all, we've tried to have fun doing it um, and remain positive and, you know, and realize that, you know, you're going to keep moving. Um, luckily the business is, you know, our business is a lucrative business, so it it's bold enough to to withstand some wrong decisions, um, which is great um, or good for me at least. Um, but yeah, but but moving forward, I, I I'm I'm a competitive person. Um, I come from a competitive family, and um, so when you guys throw out we should do this, then I'm always going to be the first to jump. Um, the females always got to be the first to jump, and <laughs> you guys usually follow. You guys usually follow. Um, but, but it's been, it's been interesting to me to learn, to take the risk and do the things that make me feel uncomfortable a little bit, because those are the things that I'm winning on. And I realize it. And normally before, you know, you wouldn't do that. Um, but it, it's nice to have colleagues that you can pick up the phone and say, Hey, I've got this issue with this employer. I've got this problem or, Hey, I just came across this in a legal issue. What, what do you, what are you guys doing or what aren't you doing that, that helps? Um, awesome. So cool. Melanie, uh, this has been awesome. I, I appreciate you being on. I appreciate you being in the mastermind. Like I said, you, you, you give a female touch to, to this business and to, to the other guys in there. So uh, thank you. You've given so much value to the Pond family. Um, you're awesome. I appreciate you. Thank you. Love you. Love you I'm as well. And, and, and for all those who um, are interested in, in having a pawn strategy call with me, just go to pawnstrategy.com. Let's have a conversation. If you're ready to grow your business, if you're ready to take it to the next level, uh, lead, learn about leadership, marketing, and strategy, which we talked about with Melanie here, I mean, just be part of a group that supports you nonstop in your growth. Again, go to pawnstrategy.com, book a call with me, and let's get on the phone, see how we can help. Melanie, it's been an honor and a pleasure. 
Thank you. Thank you.